correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. radiocom Welcome to Me and Steve Talk RPG, the podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience. Welcome back to Me and Steve Talk RPG. I'm here with my friend Steve. Greetings and Smurf toppings. And before we get into any topic this week, we need to talk about our podcast week, which is... It is the OP cast. The OP cast. That's it. Uh, that is um, Chaz's new project. Yep. No. Chaz, I think um, Josh Heath from Werewolf the Podcast is also involved. I believe so. But they're talking about the, what do you want to say, Trinity, Aberrant, and Aeon, I believe, were the three, like the trilogy of games um, put out by White Wolf at all back in the day. Yeah. Um, in the, In that whole kind of sphere. And so, yeah, that is exactly what it's about. Uh, Their most recent episode, as we record, was um, talking about the first edition Aberrant Supplement Year One. And, uh, yeah, they've been talking about, you know, it looks like a variety of the the books for those, you know, Aberrant. I guess Trinity Continuum maybe is the name of the whole thing. But, yeah, you know, different books for that. And just, you know, cool stuff that way. So if, if you're into that stuff, check that out. Again, that's called the OP Cast. And hey, you can find it at anchor.fm slash opcast. Very cool. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely check that out. Mm-hmm. Along with, you know, if you're just looking for other stuff on the network, go to d20radio.com, I believe it's called, or search D20 Radio. You'll find a podcast tab, the blog, all the fun stuff, you know, links to the network discord, all kinds of fun and gaming goodness. And maybe some more info about Gamer Nation Con, which... I still haven't gotten the updates as far as where you can go to buy whatever tickets remain that didn't sell on the Kickstarter because, well, GM Chris hasn't answered me yet, but that's his <laughs> fault. But uh, we will update links, et cetera, in the show notes as we get that information. So uh, that's that. Yeah. Well, so as many of you know, we've had a tense couple weeks here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, Not necessarily... For oh, us, we're recording this episode out of order. So. Right. So it is, we're recording this before the interview. So that's going to be something. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get into some heavy stuff. And and look, let's be honest, we're not a news podcast, but this OGL debacle, and that's all I'm going to call it, has the whole industry in a tizzy and we've got a guest lined up. Yeah, it's got the industry. It's got, it's got the people. It's, it's got everybody in a tizzy, but I've, I've, I really found it. And Steve knows this. I, I took a step away. I had to like walk away from all discussion of it for a little while because I just could not handle it. But to get a little break from that and the probably deeper conversations than we're going to have tonight that you'll hear, you know, before this, we're going to talk about uh, fun stories and goofy gaming and goofy gaming moments because mm-hmm. We need a little bit of levity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and look, that's, I mean, half the fun, right? It's just those zany moments that happen for no apparent reason. And, you know, there's also comedy games too, right? Right. Yeah. 
I mean, Monster of the Week, which you all will be hearing shortly if we haven't started it already because my brain cannot figure out the time warp that is podcasting right now. Right. <laughs> um, that got a little kooky and zany. Retrostar was very kooky and zany. Yeah. And, like, sometimes that feels really, really good. Yeah, it's... It's a nice break from from the seriousness. I, I, you know, it goes to this gaming is is in and of itself an escape, you know, an escape from reality. You want to go pretend something else is something else. Right. We want to be characters. We want to escape from reality a little bit. And I think comedy gaming holds a very important place in that. Mm -hmm. uh, and And sometimes it's not comedy gaming. Sometimes it's maybe not as serious tone gaming like it's it's not always that it has to be a, a goofy silly game to get a goofy silly story you could have very serious games that silly things happen in and go back and laugh at mm -hmm. well, um, i got one and and this is sort of a peripheral story i guess so way back you know wow geez it was like episode 16 or something i told the story of the night that Bubba went crazy right so there's a follow-up story to that that I don't know that I've ever shared on this podcast. So it, for those of you who haven't gone back and listened to the story, the night that Bubba went crazy was the night that my Rifts group in college decided to self-inflict a TPK on themselves, which actually they all had a blast. Um, anyway, so fast forward a couple weeks, everyone's got their new characters. They're kind of all fitting in together. One of the people playing with us was my roommate. And for some reason, he had to leave the session early. And so he, you know, does whatever he did, leaves the session early. So he comes back and another friend of mine who was playing in the game was just hanging out in the dorm room with me. We're just, you know, shooting a breeze, whatever. So my roommate walks in and goes, what happened? Well, this other friend looks up at him without skipping a beat and goes, we all died. <laughs> and see, I had set up this thing and it was like this hook, line and sinker thing. It was actually out of one of the supplements that had come out recently for that. And it was basically this kind of, I don't know, anyway, this kind of vision thing about some big bad monster thing, whatever. Well, someone had been playing a Jedi, yes, a, a Jedi. Anyway, so like I said, none of this was planned, but this other friend of ours looks at my roommate, goes, we all died. The Jedi messed around with the big monster thing and it killed us all. <laughs> so this is not at all rehearsed, right? But like, just for giggles, I went with it. So, you know, we fed him a little bit more or whatever. And of course, this other friend is kind of acting indignant about it, right? And then I think the next week we were off, but I managed to get a hold of everyone that my roommate would run into who was part of the group and let them know, you know, the joke. So my roommate had gone through and actually made another character, <laughs> which you know, requires like two hours of time in that engine. We sit down to play and he had handed me his character sheet when he left early. So we sit down to play. He has his new character sheet. I just open up my folder and I hand him his old character sheet. And he's like, huh, what? I'm like, oh yeah, that was all a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, everyone that was in on it thought it was hilarious. And Dan thought it was pretty funny too. Yeah, that is good. <laughs> I, yeah. <sighs> I'm trying to think. I tried to induce a TPK on a party and it completely failed. Okay. I set up, um, I set up a trap room and, and the reason I did this 
is because I had two new players that wanted to join and everybody else at the table, we had had a conversation at one point like, oh yeah, if you guys happen to party wipe, are you okay with that? And they're all like, yeah, we could make new characters. That's not a huge deal. So I set up a trap room sort of not hoping, but had a hunch that they weren't going to be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And at the pit at the bottom was supposed to be a pit full of skeletons. They fought and swung and fought every single skeleton out of that pit and then climbed out and walked away. And I'm sitting there with two new players going, sorry. Uh, and I laughed like hard. I'm like, you guys, mm. like they were, I don't even know, like fourth level at best. So the skeletons really should have given them a fight, but the dice were just on their side and they completely wiped the entire room. <laughs> and I'm sitting there with two new players like, I'm sorry. I, you watched this. You saw what happened. I understand if you don't want to play at the table anymore. <laughs> like, <sighs> but like sometimes too, I think like the, what was it? A few years ago now when I did my Home Alone D&D one shot. Mm-hmm. That was, look, we all went into it knowing it was going to be, and I didn't tell you guys right off the bat it was going to be Home Alone, and though it didn't take much to figure it out. No, no. But, like, and there were things in that, too, that, like, because I remember you had a wand of polymorph or something. Yeah. And I made you make a hit roll with it, and you're like, there, somebody was like, well, that's not how that works. I'm like, oh, just make it, you know, like, it's make a ray. Yeah, right. And, of course, like, because look, it's it's zany, it's whatever, and so like you're trying to, I but somehow you ended up polymorphing a spider into a donkey, yeah, <laughs> and then it got shot with an arrow, <laughs> so no one oh. ever actually saw it as a donkey, <laughs> right? It was all smoke. We just didn't see anything. <laughs> but then you were oh. just like arrow holding a spider to the wall or something. Right. <laughs> Pin the spider to the wall. It was great. That was good. It was good. You know, yeah, I, I made it like really big to help with the hit percentage. Cause all it takes to all it takes to knock off a polymorph is one HP of damage. Right, right. And so like I said, it was and I forget that. Well, that was where I yeah, I I made up my own variant of the splitting cobalt. Yeah, you did. Because <laughs> it was oh, that was, in the mimic. Well, oh, actually the unintentional funny moment in that though was Remember when uh, the one person got there late? Yeah. And you had just bought a mimic. Right. And I'm like, this person showed up late for the session. We hadn't known they were necessarily really coming. coming. Yeah. So it's like, well, how can I introduce them? Oh, what the heck? They just appear in the in the wardrobe. Right. They're just and stuck in there. This has completely slipped my mind. You just finished fighting a mimic. Now the wardrobe starts making noise. Right. <laughs> exactly. We're like... Oh god, not another one. Oh, I it's those stories though, man. I, I don't know. It's never the ones that like you intentionally planned. It's always the ones that just sort of organically happen. Yeah. Yeah, and like I think comedy games and now like this is something I actually want to try this at some point. I want to try like action movie world and intentionally do like a campy 80s action movie. Yeah. Because some of those had beautiful I'm sure they were intentional, but they seemed like they weren't intentional comedy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I know what you're saying. Like, I think for me, like, I think Demolition Man was kind of the the start of the action comedy, at least. Oh, I, I've said for a long time, I still, I want to run a Demolition Man game. I just haven't figured out 
quite the right system to run it in yet. Because I think I, I think Cyberpunk's good, but Cyberpunk's a little too deadly. I need a little, a little less deadly and a lot more action-packed, and I'm starting to think maybe PBTA. Yeah, well, I think that's what Action Movie World is. But yeah, you get those moments that just sort of happen, you know, be it the... It's the... <laughs> you're talking about you're talking about Demolition Man. My favorite scene in Demolition Man is when they're down in the sewers. Stallone just looks at um, looks at her and goes, "Do you see any cows down here?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's just this throwaway. It's a it's a throwaway line. Yeah. Oh man. But like, yeah, I think because I think there is a fine line with comedy games where it becomes a trying to one up each other in comedy, and sometimes that gets out of hand sometimes but i think with the right comedy game i think when that gets out of hand is when it's a non-comedy game doing comedy i think with the with a well-crafted comedy game you have the situation where the one-upsmanship just sort of um it becomes like if you can mechanically use that and and sort of use that as a as a um way to even even it progress the story in a weird way mm-hmm. i think you can disguise that like going crazier going crazier stuff you know what i mean mm-hmm. i think one of the things that that i always laugh at is like uh i'm a i'm a big well not huge but i'm a big monty python flying circus fan mm-hmm. i'm i i and this is blasphemy but I like the movies, the Monty Python movies, but I think Flying Circus has better skits and is like funnier in a different way. No, and so, I think you're, I think you have a point. Let's put it that way. But continue. Yeah. So anytime that one-upsmanship continues on, I fall back on Monty Python tropes of just continue it on until it's become too much and then just straight up say that it's too much, right? Mm-hmm. The this is far too silly. <laughs> Move along. <laughs> no, but I, th- I, yeah, I think you're onto something though. In that, in the Flying Circus, they were skits. Right. They could turn it up to eleven and then stop. Right. Where with the movies, as good as they are, they had to stretch it out. And some of those go on a little bit too long. Yeah. It, 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 you know, whereas something like the dead parrot sketch is funny, right? If that mm-hmm. was in one of the movies, it would have been like five to ten minutes of the dead parrot sketch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like where that's only a handful of minutes. It could have, if it was in one of the movies, that sketch is way too long. Like all of the bits that, and I know, again, I know this is blasphemous to the Monty Python fans, but all of the bits that I find funny from the movies are usually the short little throwaways. Mm hmm. Well, I think one of my favorite skits is Bicycle Repairman. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> um, but, you know, actually, I think one of my, what do you want to say, favorite at-the-table comedy moments, or maybe I should say scenarios, and you and I have, I don't want to say perfected this, but used this to great effect in campaigns that we were otherwise not enjoying, is in-character giving each other shit. Oh, in-character banter is the best. <laughs> Is the best when you're sitting there and you are just just giving it to the other characters and in good fun, nothing right. ever mean, but just just you know, 
it's always this is what gets me it's always when you're doing it during combat or while something quote unquote important is happening mm-hmm. right like that's what makes like the expendables enjoyable is their chemistry like everybody's chemistry with each other yeah well and i think yeah i comedy is a weird thing it really is because like okay if i'm going to point at a comedy game that i thought was just amazing um and we've talked about them you know they're on the network the Staggering Dragons G.I. Joe actual play is comedy gold. I mean, from character design to some of the shenanigans that were going on at the table that you don't find out about till like three quarters of the way through the recording, you know, how, how the players were switching characters on the GM. I mean, it was, that was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But and then at the same time, I think one of my favorite comedy games written is a 200 word RPG. And I'll I'll set you up so you can edit me here. You can censor me, right? Beep. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it's Dracula, which was the 2018 <laughs> finalist, which tells you how long ago that was. I I played that at a table. I sat down. I went to a friend's house and he's like, hey, come over, hang out. We're playing games, whatever. So we're chilling and he's like, we're going to play some D&D. And then like half of the group didn't show up. And I'm like, I have this. And he's like, okay, well, let's play it. Can we play it with like five people? I'm like, yeah, we can play it with three people. We can play it with two people, right? Like you could theoretically play the game by yourself. So we're sitting there and I'm, it's just going crazier and crazier and crazier because it's just this 200 word RPG that is just nuts. And I look over my friend and he is like barely able to catch his breath dying of laughter falling on the floor and just just crying laughing so hard because of i i have three theater kids in a room playing this game that is all about you describing what what's happening they're just dying they're just dying and that's one of my favorites and i i think that game is it shows comedy doesn't have to be complex this game is hilarious for its simplicity right like oh think about the the shenanigans you could get up to with like honey heist oh honey heist or yeah just any of them there's a ton of those like super 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 light games Mm -hmm. i think maybe those well but i think too though sometimes it's, it's those moments that maybe you're funny to the characters but or to the players, but not necessarily actually funny in the game. Well, yeah. Yeah. You I know, think third person funny, if you will, the outside world stuff is that can be a different beast, right? Like that could make a serious moment funny. That could make a funny moment. Serious outside world stuff can really change how a game is percepted. Mm-hmm. And I, I had an idea about, or remembered something funny that happened while we were talking about this before we started recording, and now I can't freaking remember what it was. Um, well, okay, yeah. here's one. The, okay, this is more players thought it was funny, and it's a bit murder hoboy. But um, this was actually the first D and D game I ever played in. It was Dark Sun campaign, and the character I was playing was a mule gladiator. So mules were i believe they're half dwarf half human but let's just basically say um dave bautista Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know as drax that's pretty much your description of the character so we somehow end up in this 
this tavern and you know the my guy's you know big muscle bound and he carried a claymore because i mean why wouldn't you you're six foot six well somehow this batch of we'll call them drunken sailors lines up in a semicircle around our table where he's kind of standing at the end <laughs> well you can kind of fill in the blanks but somehow also after his initial like turn around and swing at shoulder level for him a grease spell got cast. Oh, so now there's just a tangle on the floor. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, um, are there a pair of ankles near me? And the DM kind of looks at me like, huh? Like, so yeah, a pair of ankles, like preferably that belong to the same body. Like, okay. So it's okay. So I grabbed the ankles and one of the things that was, he was a, the gladiator class and they had, this was back in the days of weapon proficiency. They had weapon proficiency improvised weapon. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked up this drunken sailor and started using him as a club. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which then after the fight wound down and there were a couple of random heads laying about, um, myself and, and the bard started playing faceball. <laughs> Which again, this is a very murder hobo y story, but Right. Well, Heck, I but, was 19 at the time. Yeah. We, we all had to start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh. uh, and now I remembered what the other story was. Oh, go ahead. Okay. So again, this is back in college. Friend had written his own game and I don't, we were helping him play test it. And uncharacteristically of myself, I was playing a, a mage. And this one spell that he had written up was called Dissolve Skeleton. So my character is like this little, basically like a blue halfling. So think, you know, Papa Smurf. So I had tried, and we'd played like four or five sessions of this. I had tried to cast this spell, I don't know how many times. And every time the target had made it safe. Yeah. So we're fleeing this city. We're on a ship and there's this 50, 60 foot skeleton chasing us down the river and out the bay. I'm like, well, what the heck? Like, I don't have any good attack spells. I don't have anything else ranged. Oh, heck, I'll try it again. So I'm like, Doug, I cast Dissolve Skeleton. And so he makes his roll down there behind his screen, and he gets this look on his face, and he sat there for about 20 seconds, and I could see him doing something behind the screen with his hands. And he gets up, walks down around the end of the table behind me with his hands kind of cupped together, right? And he comes up behind me and over my head and just poof, opens his hands and I get doused in this handful of confetti <laughs> <laughs> because the damn spell actually worked <laughs> for once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I try to cast it on generic kobold number three. It doesn't work. Cast it on big, bad, evil guy. And it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dissolve skeleton, <laughs> you know, which obviously, you know, the table just, we thought that was hysterical. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's definitely one of those. The table erupts in absolute <laughs> laughter. That's possibly a session ender. That's, I, I think it was. That's one of those where you just got to have the discussion of, well, where do we go from here? Because like, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that's one of those. That's one of those session enders. Definitely had those before. Good and bad. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you you know, that's a tool in the in the that's a that's a trick in the tool bag that I don't think we talk about very often. Hmm. It's just a session ender. Like something happens so 
awesome, so like wild, so bizarre that you just go, yep, that's the that's the session for today, no matter what length it actually is. Because mm-hmm. I've definitely done that. Like, you know, you try to like you can't do it like 10 minutes into the session. But if you're half hour into a two hour session and something absolutely wild like that happens, you just sort of go. We even want to play anymore because like uh, nothing, nothing more exciting than that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a good point. You know, like maybe sometimes you just do that. But I think it you got to be careful. You can't do that all the time. No, because then people start going, why did we show up? Yeah, but like you do it once in a while and it's it's a pretty cool trick. Yeah. Well, and I think like you said, though, I, a moment like that, it's like 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 you said, you're just you're not going to top it and everyone's going to be thinking about it. (laughs) Right. So, you know, maybe you just chill out, play some board games, you know, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I think that that point you just sort of go, I mean, I think the session's kind of over after that and you have a conversation like, well, whatever you guys want to do, if you want to hang out here or whatever. Yeah. But I mean like comedy game gaming, let me go back up to the, the Patreon comment here just to see if I can pull any more ideas out of it. Um, yeah. Cause like one of our listeners said, you know, they had a friend that, that requested comedy in action. Like they just had enough of intrigue and politics and all that and just wanted fun action. Well, yeah. I think back to when I was playing, uh, the Genesis stars without numbers game before you came on, we had a player drop out and, um, that was, that was interesting. <laughs> Um, players sort of, uh, you know, there was some disagreement and they left the group and it's like, how do you write off that character? Well, when we had last seen them, uh, they were in an elevator with me and we basically land on a floor and, um, I, they're like, there's a bounty hunter looking for the other character. It's like, okay. Uh, I push them out and shut the door to the elevator and take off. Right. Like, yeah, it's an unceremonious send off to that player's character, but you know, it was just a silly, goofy moment that was like, oh, okay. But that's kind of third-person funny. Yeah, it, it would be absolutely something I would do to an NPC, too. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they want you. Bye. <laughs> well, okay. Something like that. Remember uh, the time Chris Perkins guested on Critical Role? Yeah. And for those who haven't seen it, it was in Campaign 2. Chris Perkins shows up. They introduce his character. He's there for about... I don't know. It's It's all of like 10 minutes. And this is from intro to Perkins walking off set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because there's some oh. character interaction and then his little goblin character who I believe his name was like splurt or something. Yeah. I want to say it was, a I don't, was it goblin? I thought it was cobalt. Maybe one of the I other. I want to say it was a cobalt because kobolds aren't supposed to live very long. And that was sort of part of the joke. Um, but yeah, he got um, hammered by a, fire giant or something yeah he had like a a, a, a bag with a beehive in it <laughs> and like tried to fight a fire giant and got murdered and it was hilarious mm-hmm. that was a good that was a good episode mm-hmm. you know talking about them too funny moments the the arguments that percy and grog had over percy's glasses <laughs> in campaign one oh again i go back to any time uh Anytime Grog and Scanlan were in town together. Yeah. I think my favorites were more the moments where Travis took 
Grog being not very bright and kind of played on the innocence of that, you know, not intentionally like doing dumb stuff, but basically played up on Grog doing something that Grog thought was smart, but that objectively really wasn't right. Well, him with the deck of many things Mm -hmm. and the immediate reaction from everyone else at the table of take that off of him now. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was, it was the short realization of what he had and everybody like you could see it in Marisha's face when, when he is like explaining and she just like has this look of horror of like, get that off of him now. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. I, I I love playing in less serious games just for the, the, the what do you want to say? The, the interplay, the, yeah, the working off each other. And I like doing that in serious games too, but when you can do that in these moments that I, I like making people laugh too. So, yeah, I do too. I think one of the things though, and I'll say this, just something I'm missing is, is a long running campaign of something. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we've switched to a lot of shorter, you know, we'll say like a 10 session game or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like a short mid length game. Mm-hmm. I think some of the, like you can have a serious game with really funny moments comes from, well, yeah, we, we played this campaign for three years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like some of that comes from, yeah, we've been, we've been gaming together for long enough now that we know each other's like, we know what's going to get a laugh and, how to do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, I think you hit on something there though. I think comedy, as far as if it's a goal for a game probably works best as a one shot, but those comedic moments that happen in those long running games that are setups and callbacks and stuff like that are just, Oh, they're so good. Yeah. They just feel different. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's so rewarding when you get that set up to a callback to, you know, you get the setup like three weeks ago and now you're at the punchline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I'm running out of steam here and I feel bad about yeah. it. I don't, I don't know. I'm sure we'll come up with more stuff and, and you'll hear more funny stories in the future, but. um. So this was also something that the, that listener brought up was how do you keep things funny and stay on track? <sighs> that's hard. Sometimes I, I, that's a, you, you really have to, that's again that we become sort of our favorite phrase anymore is um, keep your bullet points loose, you know, be prepared to put them in another gun. (laughs) You get into that silliness and you got to be prepared to, you know, some of that you got to follow out some of that. If it's way too silly, you just, you know, depending on the dynamic, you probably just ignore it and lay out what the consequences for being too silly was. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a moment that happened in RetroStar, and I can sort of talk about this comfortably, where there was a conversation had of, well, did you leave the crate? No, I didn't leave the crate. I took the crate with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And everybody was like, no, you were supposed to. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that. Yeah, well, that and uh, I should mention, too, there was a point somewhere in that where I talked to you between sessions and kind of came up with this idea that Barnaby fully believed that Miss Tina needed the income from the activities of the retro star to survive. Right. That, and, and 
my kind of idea was that no, she's just doing this as a thrill seeker. You know, in in reality, that's what she's doing, whether that would fit your plan or not. But that my character believed this was like serious business to her, right? And to kind of have this, you know, weird kind of undercurrent going where he took it a whole lot more seriously than everyone else. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I don't know how well that came through. Well, it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference in in a story when you have a character that takes everything super seriously. Mm-hmm. But that, in a way, you know, that was an effort to be funny by not being funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> um, man, I love that game. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I, 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 I would like to explore that in, in something. And, and, and this is going to sound like I'm, I'm dissing on what you did and I'm not trying to at all. Uh, I would love to explore that in something um, more set up and long form. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think that could be really interesting if you were to do um, a, a, a longer form game of that and with more prep time. That was something that I just sort of, I prepped it, but I just sort of rolled it out on the top of my head. Yeah. Well, and then what we had at one point, like six weeks off between sessions. Yeah. And that, that sort of kills momentum. And, and well, and then like, you know, you had, we had, well, in the what, this will be the episode coming out. The Racks episode will be out by the time this airs, right? Uh, who? What? The Racks episode? The Racks. Yeah, the Racks episode, I think, comes out um, next week. So, yeah, it'll come out between. Yeah, it'll be out by the time this airs. And yeah. so we just hammed it up with that. Well, yeah, and that's when you started finally, I feel, hitting your stride when it comes to understanding the comedy of that game. Mm-hmm. I feel like people became more comfortable once you started just hamming it up. Mm-hmm. And and that was something that, you know, much in the same way, I, I know I only played like one session of it, but much in the same way that um, Monster of the Week, we were really, like, really rough around that. Well, as, I think... As far as getting used to how that narrative works, mm-hmm. I think the same thing happened with, like, Retrostar. And then you guys finally started coming into... Uh, your own and it was it was a good time it was just not not a long form game <laughs> yeah no and and look i mean monster of the week we played it very campy i think that could also be played much more serious but yeah retro star i think retro star is supposed to be at least third person funny if not overtly funny right right retro star is a really good game though yeah mm-hmm. I, I really like it yeah, but there again, it goes to we were all learning the system. At that point, you and I had played together. I had played with Slug, you know, years ago. I had played with Java when we played a little bit of um, Android. Yeah, we would played with, you know, like we weren't unfamiliar with each other, but we weren't a group at that point. Yeah, that was kind of us sort of solidifying into a group. Yeah, yeah. And that's another factor, right? You know, like as you get to know each other as players, that dynamic builds and, and you can, you know, you know what's going to make that other person snicker. Or you know, if you leave this line hanging, they're going to pick it up and go somewhere with it. Right. Right. Which I think is is half the the trick to a good comedy game. I completely agree. Yeah. Hmm. And I think with all that, I think we move into game of the week. Woohoo! Game of the week. Game of the week. Game of the week. 
So I have one, and right. I don't know if you ever used this, but I'm using it. Okay. It's a game called Goblin Jug Band. You have my attention, sir. Uh, actually, it came out uh, two days ago on the 14th. So no, I have not used it. No, you have not. Um, it's not a role-playing game about brave warriors or wise wizards. Uh, you aren't strapping on armor to go hunt a dragon or delve into dungeons. And you aren't going to be lauded as heroes by anyone who matters. Uh, it's a role-playing game about a jo- goblin jug band. You wander realm, you wander the realm, go on tour, and have awesome adventures in a very strange world. Your weapons are music, your sheer tenacity, and the strange blend of cunning, cluelessness, which comes with being a goblin. I look at this as the tabletop RPG version of Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny. You're probably not wrong. <laughs> this, oh gosh. Yep. And you know what would be really fun to do with this? Play this for a month or two. Mm-hmm. And then if you go into your, if you're playing a big fantasy campaign, yeah, have the band be reoccurring. Oh, yeah. Oh, just have them be around. Mm-hmm. Or, or, say you just wrapped up a really big campaign in your fantasy setting. This Goblin Jug Band is just going to sort of follow after your adventures. Oh, so okay, you, I get where you're. So oh, you gosh. get to, like you get to see the repercussions of your actions while simultaneously not being the characters that did those actions, right? Okay, so here's to play on your one of your ideas from the split the party episode. Do this as kind of a two layer campaign <laughs> where you've got the main storyline. And then you've got the Goblin Jug Goblin Goblin, goblin Jug Band, jug band. <laughs> following them around, name, though. singing the songs of the store the, of the party. Yeah, yeah, it's such a good name though, too, Goblin Jug Band, because it's so evocative. You know exactly what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what that entails. Oh, oh, wow. No, this. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the end of it. By the way, this is a very serious game. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm sure it is. <laughs> uh, oh wow. Oh gosh. Yeah. I'm, Damn it. I, I don't need more things to want to buy. I know. And and you know, of all the things, this is ten dollars. So it's not yep. like it's too much. Yep. Um POD options as well. Yeah. And it it's all self contained. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, it's not like you have uh Sorry, not like you have a, a game and you have to figure out the, the system for it. No, it's all there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like 70 pages, so. Yeah, but, it, oh, God. 75. This would be perfect, though, for, like, even just drop-in scenery break oh, within yeah. the game. You get a really tense combat going. You have to stop halfway through. You don't come back to that combat. You come back to Goblin Jug Band. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, you know that when you're like fighting the bad, like the big bad at the end of the camp, at the end of the session, mm-hmm. and you gotta like, oh, I can't, I can't play anymore. We gotta stop here next week. Goblin Jug Band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm absolutely doing to that that to my players, <laughs> just just to annoy the crap out of them, just to be like. And now for the exciting conclusion of Goblin Jug Band. No. <laughs> <laughs> But they'll remember it, and they'll have a blast. Exactly. They'll be like, 
Oh man, remember that time that you teased us with the conclusion of our campaign and we played Goblin Jug Band instead? Yeah. Oh my. That is uh, that is excellent. Look, we, we, we tell you not to be mean to your players, but sometimes <laughs> Well, sometimes they don't know the fun that they really want to have. Exactly. All right. So Goblin from Goblin Jug Band, um the game that I picked out isn't particularly a comedy game. But the genre has had more than its share of comedy done with it. And given what this design is based around and the fun that we've had with something in that design, my game of the week is a game called Frontier Scum. And what Frontier Scum is, is essentially a Morkborg acid western. So, I mean... Okay, let me tell you what just popped into my head. Um... Seth MacFarlane did a movie a while back called A Million Ways to Die in the West. Okay. It was a comedy about just bad luck and dying in the Wild West, and that's immediately what came to my mind. It's like, oh man, that movie kind of sucked, but that would be a hilarious campaign of like just A Million Ways to Die in the West style unlucky campaigning. <laughs> oh, but that actually, I mean, look, with the Morkborg cyborg aesthetic, that works so well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the first Morgborg campaign I ever listened to was, like, 10 minutes. They rolled characters. They didn't even make it out of the room that they started in. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, well, look at our our um, cyborg game that we played. The one shot with the, yeah. with the grenade. And that's all I'll call it. Yeah. Just. It uh, was wonderful. It was great. You know, but yeah, so this is, like I said, it's called Frontier Scum, um, PDFs 990, 68 pages. Doesn't list it here as being related to Morkborg, but that's how I heard about it. So it's my understanding that it is effectively a, you know, Morkborg-inspired Western. Yeah, um, which I am down. I'm down. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been having this weird urge to play something Western-ish. But I have a lot of weird urges to play a lot of things, and so I don't always know what the hell I want to do. Yeah. I have a story to tell you after the podcast, after we've turned the robots off, because uh -huh. I just remembered something. But okay. Other than that, is there anything else you'd like to say for the people? Mm, can't think of anything other than just have fun with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, as always, links to everything are in the show notes, uh, Patreon, Discord, uh, Facebook, Twitter. And with all that being said... We want to remind you to be kind to one another and get out there and play some RPGs. Yep. Take care, y'all. Intro and outro music by the band 12 Noon. You can email us at meandsteverpg at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and RPGs. Find us on Facebook at Me and Steve RPG Podcast. On Discord at Me and Steve RPGs. And as always, all of these links are in the show notes. Thank you and be kind to one another. How much for the cigar? Cigar, 20 bucks, dog. You got to go down the street to the store and buy that.